this is on now? It's funny when you share this message, you really, you, like day-longs and stuff can be excruciating because you don't have any fillers. It's not like, you know, all right, everyone sit for an hour quietly and then I go in and have a latte in the back <laughs> and play my little thing and then come out and announcements and then, all right, we're going to take a 40-minute break and then come back and meditate again. And, you know, I work about 20 minutes a day. We don't have that, you see. So sometimes the idea of a whole long retreat thing doesn't uh, work for me. Because it's a very quick message. Yeah? And it's... Here you may think, you know, I, th- I, I lend some value to repeti- repetition, but it's not like stuffing the mailbox. You know, that stuff, all right, three days of intense stuffing the mailbox. It's not going to speed up the delivery, really. It's just mind entertaining, you know, its own nature, in a sense, by realizing what it's been entertaining as its own nature is not. So, it's not like, it's, it's not, all right, when it sees that it's not that, it doesn't have opinions about being not that, or how long was I not that. None of that happens. It's just instantaneously, you're free, because it's an imaginary uh, Dilemma, yeah? So an imaginary dilemma doesn't take any time to uh, evaporate. So the solution is immediate. Not the solution meaning long-lasting solution. It's not long-lasting, but it's immediate. It's an immediate solution. It may not be long-lasting. If you're looking for a long-lasting solution, I don't think you can find it. Because whatever's last long is going to unlast, yeah? Once you put time in, in the equation, the mind can entertain, I can have something, but I can lose it. Because yeah? there's time to do both. Yeah? I can have something, and then I can lose it. So when, when time stretches out this solution, it can be a, like a hit-or-miss type of solution. So some people get a blast or a hit, and they feel connected, but because the interpretive uh, center is of time, it can wane. It can sort of uh, move to the background. It can be forgotten. All of these things are time-based options where the solution has no time involved in it. It's, it's prior to time. That's why doing and having can't bring you there because there's no there to get brought to. If there was a there, then there would be time to get there. You'd have to do something and and spend some time doing it to finally arrive there. But if there is basically everywhere, you know, if it's located right where you are, exactly as you are, because you're not, not exactly as you are because you've become purified or you've done all this work, but it's it's exactly where you are because you're not. It's truly, its presence is your absence. So what does the absence need to do to hasten that presence? Absolutely nothing. Just see itself as what it is, which is absent of any inherent, long-lasting reality. Yeah? Just like a figment going, moving like a phantom. A, surf, a selfing, yeah? a verbing, a verbing, a verbing. The verbing makes a sense of being a noun. That's the dilemma, in a way. Because now, the noun 
wants to have an experience of what it likes to be, what would it be like to be alive. It wants to feel the verb of living, but it wants to be a noun that felt it. So once the verb of, of verbing, of being, is construed to be a noun, any observation or experimentation or study of the verb is going to be defined by the noun. Yeah? So you can't get verbing as a noun. It's, it's so past your system, you can't get it. You can only get it as something that you can have or, or happen to you or happen to someone else. You can't see it as what it is because you're seeing it from the view of being a noun which blinds you to the verbness of it. The good news is there's no noun that has to become a verb. It's just really, once again, the wave entertains. It's not a wave, and that's it, it quote-unquote, reverts right back to its nature, which it never unreverted to, you know, which is verbing. What I am is intimated by conscious contact. The consciousness that's being displayed in being conscious of contact is the intimation of that nature. But not to me. Its intimation to me proclaims my absence as me. That's what it does. When that, when you have one of those moments, or like I always like to use the uh, example of an epiphany, because most people, if you're a spiritual seeker, you've had one, or unfortunately, whatever, or, or you want to have another one, probably, or you compared yourself to other people who had epiphanies, and found yourself lacking in the epiphany you know, forte. But an epiphany, in my view, was uh, time. Well, it's a, it's a timeless segment in time, bookended with time, where you're not unadorned <clears throat> by the selfing. Yeah, There's, you're unencumbered. Mind has been has uh, gotten a free sample, basically, of its nature. And so that people call it an epiphany. Now, I don't know about you, but I never made a reservation for any epiphany that ever happened. I didn't. I didn't have it planned. Yeah, I didn't call ahead and reserve a nice room. You know, the ocean view and. Kenny G music popping in, and, you know, a nice bath, you know, some bubble bath or anything. Now I'm going to have an epiphany. I'll be there at 7. I think it's going to be about two hours, so I only want to pay half a day for the room. I'll be done by 9, 9.30. <laughs> but if you notice, it just seems to uh, intervene on the linear story of mind and time. Yeah, doesn't it? Something happens. You're in a timeless stretch. Obviously, there's no stretch in timelessness, but it feels like that. Yeah? So, what happens, though, I noticed in, when those events occurred to me. What happened to me one time was, I was in Bali, which was a nice place for an event to occur, let's say, and I, we were on the North Shore, and I went through this jungle with this girlfriend of mine and her son, eight-year-old son, and we found a waterfall. I really like waterfalls. Who doesn't like waterfalls? You know, but I really like waterfalls. So we hiked in there, and we got to the waterfall. And I was near the water, and the water was coming down. It was a thin waterfall with a tree up the top, but it was really cool. And I could sense something in the air. So I, and there was a yes, something like, just yes. And then, it's like almost, it didn't need permission, but something kicked in. And so I went to an event where what was really cool, all the, all the structure of your face is the adultness of selfing, yeah? Because it just dropped, and I looked like a little kid, and I had this witness, this woman who knew me, she was watching me, and I just, 
and everything was just just stopped, yeah? And there was just a joy and a, you know, whatever you want to call it. And everything was beautiful. The senses were heightened. And I was just whatever, you know, hanging out and laughing a lot. And And then suddenly I heard a voice. I didn't know. It sounded a little familiar. Yeah? And then I realized it sounded like me. But at that time I had no idea of me yet. So it was a voice. And it sounded like it was behind this boulder. Really, it sounded like it had a distance. And it wasn't that loud. And it was talking to me seemed to be talking in this direction, whatever that is. And it was talking, talking, and I was just listening out, whatever, you know, a drop of water, you know, whatever going on. And then it kept talking to me, talking to me, and it started getting louder, and it, was, it seemed to be moving closer, yeah? Talking to me, talking to me, talking to me, talking to me, and then it hit a point where it started talking as me, yeah? And so... At that point, the event took a wild turn. Yes? It was basically over, in a sense. The adultness started formulating on my face. I started op- having options. Well, maybe I cannot be happy. <laughs> Let me think about this. Whatever. And what occurred is, talking to, 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 but then as. Yeah. That, was the, that was the identification as. As soon as the identification as occurred something seemingly took over. Like another pair of glasses was put on. No matter how much I liked it without those glasses, the only way I could entertain without the glasses was through the glasses. Yeah? That's the dilemma, really. So you really, ent- you really want to entertain seeing without glasses, but you're entertaining it, looking at it with glasses. <laughs> you can't see it. You know. So in an epiphany, usually they end when the thoughts arise and say, oh, I just had an epiphany. Have you noticed that? One of those great events or something occurs, and then there's a, a narrator or an observer goes, oh, I just had an incredible epiphany. Then it ends, doesn't it? And then when it ends, it's bookended with a you before it started. So there was a Paul in time before the historical Paul, and it's a feeling of historicalness, but it's happening now. You have a feeling that you've been here a long time, but it's just a made-up. Yeah? So there's a sense of a historical Paul, and then you have the timeless event bookended in time, and then Paul came back and claims, oh, I had this incredible epiphany. And then now it starts comparing, maybe it reads spiritual books, oh, this sounds like what happened to me. And then you call your friends up and you compare epiphanies and then you start judging where you are and usually, by its absence, you tend to really want it. There's a seeking just gets overdeveloped and actually a craving, you know. You you want another epiphany. But in a sense, you never had the epiphany. The epiphany was the absence of anyone having anything. Yet, the having arises... And gives it a feeling that it's a you that has had it, and the you then wants it. Yeah? So now, it becomes something that your mind wants, that it doesn't have. So the epiphany, as interpreted by the mind, becomes a driving force for your seeking and suffering. Mind-boggling, eh? A beautiful free sample is turned into the thing that drives you with this incessant hope that someday, not now, someday, let's say if I go back to Bali and go to the right 
you know, trail and the right time of day and reproduce the exact situation when it happened last as if that had anything to do with it. I'll, you know, so every year I go to Bali the same day, you know. Where is it? Where is that epiphany? <laughs> it was the absence of Paul. Now, if something that seems to be present can be absent, then it was never present, literally. Yes? If something that seems to be present can be very, very absent, which it happens every day when you go to sleep, in deep sleep, then obviously it could never have been present. Something that's present, if it's really present, can't be absent, or you would be over. Yeah? But something that is appearing to be the one who's present can be incredibly absent, quite a lot, during the day. It's only the telling the story of its being here that seems to make it here. And the feeling which is the complying with the story. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, I was Paul, and I was doing this, and I went to Bali to this thing, and then I had this big event happen to me. So it's always bookended with time and you as the one it happened to or the doer. Yeah, this is just a contrived interpretation by an overzealous mind, really. What causes it to have such a interest and attention in this idea of being the self is truly because it's fallen under the sway that you believe it's you. You would lose interest in all of this shit up here if you entertained it as not being you. It is boring as hell. It doesn't have a new thought ever. It's doing the same thing it probably did in your head when you were 11. Literally. Just on and on and on and on and on. Producing mental state upon mental state upon mental state. All framed by the big mama frame, which is called self-centeredness. Which will recognize many mental states, but never recognizes itself as a mental state. It always claims to be you. Yeah? It's like Dracula will go on every vampire hunt and kill all the vampires... And it's the greatest way to hide it or disguise it as being the head vampire. So the self-centeredness is the main frame. And in that, let's say there's the mind's addicted to the idea of being a self. And then it seeks a solution. So a solution could be getting drunk or doing drugs. So now all other addictions come from the primary addiction of the mind being addicted to the idea of being a self. And that's producing all of this, let's say, pollution in life, in, your, in this life, and there's a drive to get relief from it, which turn into other addictions. So now the solution to this, the obsession with self becomes a problem because now you're addicted to the solution that used to bring you temporary relief from this long-lasting problem of being a self. Yeah? And so then you have to find a solution to that solution. So now you've got to go to a program to get relief from the addiction, that caught was, was, was your mind's only solution to the real inherent problem. So now you're left with the problem again and no solution. <laughs> so now and then you practice spirituality the same way you used to do drugs. You just want to get relief from the unbearability of being a self. So you think, okay, I've tried everything else, I'll become a spiritual self. <laughs> So, but all the while, you're primarily taking yourself to be this. How can a material body become spiritual? It's like trying to graft water onto oil. It's not going to work. This is an object. 
how is an object, by doing all this stuff, become a non-object? Yes. Better hurry, the window's closing. <laughs> that was a good one. dreamt object here, let's say I'm having a dream, or there's a dream going on, and there's an appearance of the dream that I take to be myself, yeah? And in this dream, there's a tiger, a nasty, hungry tiger, yeah? My reaction is probably going to be fear of not being okay in the vicinity of the tiger, yeah? Now, the reality of that tiger is primarily based on my reality. I'm taking myself to be the dreamt object. So now, as soon as I take this to be real, the dreamt object, yes, this appearance, then I give reality to that appearance of the dreamt tiger. And that appearance can affect this appearance. And it can seem as real as real can be here, in the dream. Yeah? Yeah. This is not saying things have no real effect here. They have tons of effect here, in the dream, but only to a dreamt object. What would happen is, do I want to study how to live in the vicinity of a very hungry big tiger, like you, uh, living in a group of alcoholics? Let me try to read them and make sure who's in a good mood or a bad mood. How can I look like I'm not visible here? Do this, do that. All of that activity is valid in the dream. Yeah, The mind is recognizing something that seems real, and it's trying to do what it does, which is manage. All right, Manage its safety. But it can be incredibly prolonged, a lot of different practices and different ways of reading people and this and that. And after the job is done, it stays in place. You see? When the mind here shuts down, it doesn't shut down just one window that has a bad view. All the windows come down. And it's very difficult to have the blinds go back up. Once the mind shuts down, it's very difficult to sort of convince it to let go. Isn't it? 
So in the, in the memory and in the meaning that's been given to feelings, they become like concrete. You've like, you put your hand in that cement that day they first laid it, and now every day you walk by it, there's your name underneath the hand. Yeah? It's still, it's see, it still seems to be what you are as an impression. Yeah? That imprint. So then you're in this dream, seemingly, and you're looking for solutions here. But all the solutions here are part and parcel of the dream. They're all of time, and in other words, they may work, and then they may not. You may have a solution that works for a while, and then you'll turn to it, and it won't work. Yeah, You may have relied on something for years when you were a kid, and it was reliable. I mean, you got you survived, and now it doesn't work. Or like people do drinking, and then one day, the alcohol, they can't get drunk, and they, and they can't stay sober. It's done. Yeah, Their solution, which they've fallen in love with, has now escaped them. It doesn't produce anything in time. So everyone here is trying to find skillful means of how to live with that tiger in the dream, in a way. And in that, they're as valid and as real as any other pursuit. But what would happen if you entertained that you weren't the dreamt object? Would your relationship with that dream tiger stay the same? Or would it change radically? Because you would wake up out of being the dreamt object, and you would see that that's a dreamt tiger. It inherently has no power to affect me while I'm awake, yeah? It has all the power to affect me if I'm identified as the dreamt object. They're both possibilities, one in time and one out of time, yeah? The one out of time can influence what seems to be appearing in time, greatly. What's appearing in time cannot influence what's out of time. Yeah? No. This, this is not, to, in my view, this... It's like here, if I had a... Let's say this chair, I like to use this example. And don't, please don't bring up the scientific physics of the space. I'm just, it's just an example. It's just a... Metaphor, picture. So here's a chair. Oh, let's see here. Let's say here's this table. And this table has been here for 50 years, yeah? It's had very important pictures of very important masters on it. Ramana Maharshi, Jesus and Buddha. Has a lot of beautiful things on it. There's the thing. And I've been living in this place and this table's been there for 50 years. Now I move it. Let's say I lift this table up. Did I have to move any space to take the space that it was taking up? And when you look at the space, let's look at the chair, I mean at the table, the absence of the table, the floor, and this. Where would, if there was going to be any effects of the table's presence, where would they show up? In the space, or on the floor, and on the... Yes, all right, so you're like this. So in your memory... The table has a mark. It left a mark on another appearance. But in the space itself, there's no mark. It's as if the chair was never here. The table was never here. It didn't take up any space. You didn't have to move any space out to put it in. And you didn't move any space in. So in a sense, to space, it has absolutely no effect to the space. Yeah? No matter how important the meaning you gave it, in, space, in, this, in the terms of space, it has no effect. You could go to the most, you could go to the place where you believe you did the most heinous act of your life, 
And if you looked at the space where that was, there would be no, there would be no marks of that ever happening to, in the space. That's the solution. The only solution is to see that this is a dreamt... It's just like the wave in the ocean. The only solution to the absence of ocean for a wave is to recognize it's not a wave. The whole absence of ocean, the whole theme of its life of longing and suffering is the absence of ocean. And it's not based on the absence of ocean, it's based on the presence of being the wave. Yeah? If it was based on the absence of ocean, we're all fucked. But it's based on the, the pseudo-presence of being the wave. If I'm not the wave, that's the ocean. Yeah? I'm calling the problems and the dilemmas produced by being a wave, I'm calling it the absence of the ocean. Yeah? I'm calling it, they did that, or because of this. So I'm misdiagnosing, in a sense, yeah? I'm believing all my troubles are the absence of the ocean. But the absence of the ocean is based on you appearing as a wave. Yeah? If I'm not a wave, there's no absence of the ocean. Bing! There's the solution. Now some, even... So there's, all right, that's solution. You wake up and you're not afraid of you. What you are is not afraid of the dreamt tiger. The dreamt object, which is being seen consciously, can still be afraid of the dreamt tiger. Yes? But it's not you. So you see the pantomimes of the conditioned mind, but you're not a full-fledged member of the circus. Yes? You've sort of withdrawn in a sense. Your full participation has been has been uh, annulled, voided, yeah? So, but it's still doing its little three-ring thing. It's still trying to play the master D. Let's bring on the elephants. Let's bring on impending doom. Something terrible is going to happen to you this year. All right, bring it on. Stamp all over Paul's peace. Okay, let's bring on, oh, the loss of a fairy princess. Come on, fairy princess, come in here. Stampede in here and then leave without any reason or rhyme, except for Paul had must have done something for the fairy prince to leave. Oh, Paul appears again. Yes? But that happens, but there's a seeing of it, not seeing from it anymore. Yeah? That's the freedom. It doesn't mean this becomes well-behaved and the mind stops thinking, or the brain. That's what it does. That's its organness, Yeah? There's an ability, somehow, consciousness is moving through it, and there's thoughts that come from the apparatus, from memory and conditioning, and when something triggers the memory, then the same feelings and thoughts arise. So you can, like today, for me, I was arrested quite a lot when I was young, yeah? And it made a big imprint on this action figure. And after I would go on a 17-hour trip, my body would flip out when I was going through customs, because I thought I was going to get arrested by Interpol or something. I hadn't done anything illegal for like 15 years, but that didn't matter at all to the brain. It was still reliving all those times I got arrested when I was young. That's not you. It's just the mechanism. The mechanism, the only way it can re respond is to react. It doesn't respond. It reacts. Its reaction to the response, the response is conscious contact. Its reaction is contrived and out of memory. You're not going to change that. 
the only reason why you want to change it is because there's a belief that it's you. When you realize it's not you, you're relieved from the need to be liberated. I'll tell you, in one sense, the best day for this body was when the head entertained it wasn't the body. (laughs) This giant mental hen lifted off the little nest, and that one egg called Paul that had been sat on and thought about and and opinioned over and compared with just got relieved. But when it shits, it shits. Yeah? When there's there's a wanting to do something, there's the wanting to do something. There's not a giant committee of critiquing, do you, what, what, what is it, none of it's me, I've lost interest in it. Trying to lose interest in it is having interest in it. Yeah? If you went for two years of workshops, how to stop being obsessed with self, that would be obsessing with self. You can't escape out of this system. There's no getting out of the system by the system. It's impossible. No matter how many times you, you believe you've seen something, there's always the you that saw it. There's the seeing, and then a, a, an authentic you arises. And, oh, I never saw that before. This must be the real Paul. No, there is no real Paul. But always, the voice will always attempt to arise and claim it until it doesn't. Yeah. Ramana Maharshi put it, I believe, I don't know how I'm reading it, but I really liked the way he put it once. He said... All right, a lot of people have this sense. They're in the movie theater, and they're looking at life, and they see it's a movie, yeah, or a dream. And they see the sense, they have, they're holding it with the sense of unreality. Yeah? But there's an assumed reality of them seeing it as an unreal dream. He says the circle is much bigger than you in the auditorium seeing the dream movie. You in the auditorium thinking you're seeing the dream movie is the movie. Yes? And wherever there's an appearance of you, that's the movie. There's never going to be an authentic self that appears out of the movie. Never. Because it can't appear out of the movie. It's a movie character. It wants to claim it can appear out of the movie. That's part of its script in this movie. Is the claim it's separate from this movie, that it's being imposed upon by the movie, or it's being done to, or it's going to do something to the movie. But in fact... Whatever, whenever a point of view arises as you, you're not. Yeah. So, whether we believe it or not, or think it or not, we're not. That's right. So, you're never going to be it. Yeah, yeah, so so now what? You are never going to be it. Now what? (laughs) That's what, right now. Now what is what's now? That's now what? Yeah. There's, this is the beauty of it. There's a giving up, in a sense. But does it matter what you believe? No. It doesn't matter at all. Because there, for, see, there's a you that wants to believe it. Sure. It doesn't matter. And this isn't a draft or a conscription. It doesn't really mean anything if you entertain it or not. Because the best you can do is entertain you or not what's entertaining it the best you can do. You have no role in it. In a sense, we're totally irrelevant. That's the good news. We are. Like I just said with the space, I'm telling you, if you went back to your hometown where you did the most terrible, despicable thing, there would be no sign of it in the space. 
if you watch, if you see what we call the sky, which is just space, you know, there's tons of Fourth of July explosions. Not one, not one explosion opens up the sky. No matter how many stormy rain clouds appear and how much rain comes down, the sky never gets wet. No matter how many planes are flying through it, you never hear a plane call the terminal and say, hey, I've run into a big chunk of sky up here. No, it just flies through it. Everything is appearing in it, but nothing that appears in it affects it. Yeah? It allows all and everything to appear, and yet everything that appears in it has no effect on it. That's like the difference in content and context here. The context is what we are. The content is the appearing to be this. Yeah? The content has no effect on the context because it's not real. It's an appearance. Yet, the context can have an effect on the appearance because appearances can be affected. Yeah. So, I'm saying, this is just the way it came to me. I didn't, it didn't dawn on me as I'm that. What it dawned on me is I'm not that. That's how it dawned on me. I'm not that. Everything that arose, I'm not. It's quick. It doesn't mean, okay, now I've got to get down to the business of being what I am. No, I'm not that. Even that, whatever, that, I'm not that. See, everything that arises, you ever see that movie, uh, Austin Powers, when Dr. Evil's with his son, and he's with his little committee, all the sub-evil people. And they're, they're talking, and his son has got a grievance against his dad, Dr. Evil. And his son wants to say something. As soon as he tries to say something, Dr. Evil goes, <laughs> and he keeps, <laughs> that's what it's like. Mine's kept, it keeps attempting. There's an old story. I'll, this is a cool story. There was an uh, emperor in China in the old days, and um, he wanted to find out the greatest martial artist in his area. Yeah, so he put out this, the news that there were going to be a giant uh, contest. All the martial artists could come and demonstrate their abilities, and then they'd have a judgment who was the greatest of all. So all these people came out were incredible, women and men doing like double somersaults and everything, and guys with giant rings and everything. And then in about near the end, this old dude came out with a, a bird, a sparrow. And he just stood in front of the whole place and he just stood there with the sparrow like this for about ten minutes. And he bowed and he left. And then the emperor met with his little uh, chair people and they come to the thing and they called all the people back in and the whole place was, oh, who's the greatest? And they, they picked the old dude. And everyone went into a furor. What do you mean? He didn't break any bricks or jump through walls. He did. He was just holding a bird. And then the old man was brought out and he explained what happened. He was sitting there, standing there, and the bird needs to push off the fly. It can't just take off. It needs a push off. It needs something to seem to be real to, to move. Wow. Yeah? And so every time he sensed it, he just let go. So the bird looked like it was just standing there, but it was trying to fly. It couldn't fly. It was an incredible feat. Yeah? That's the whole point. If you entertain, you're not that, then every time the mind wants the self, and it wants to do that dive into its seeming reality, into that diving pool, there's no bounce. It can't get the push. Yeah? 
so it's stuck like in a like a like a skip, yeah. And in that skip, that's the pause. That's like the eternal pause. It's like the hiccup before selfing occurs. There's no place for it to push off. There's no idea, yeah. And so it's it's it seems to be still, even though its urge is selfing. It can't selfing. Yeah, it's beautiful. So that's sort of, in a sense, what it's like. You've t- instead of trying to change something up here in the ceiling, you just pull the floor out from underneath it. It has no basis to take off into its story about you, because there's no support of it. You've woken up, in a sense. So you've entertained the idea I'm not a self, and after a while, it gets, let's say, there's an establishment of that, and then selfing can't take off. And this is not vigilance or uh, no. anything like that? No. Just, and to me, I like the word entertaining. Yeah, yeah. Just like I'm looking out that window, and there's an entertaining... I'm not looking at anything specifically. There's just an entertaining. My mind's open. Yeah? That's all it is to me. And to, see, looking is another... Any... Well, I'll take this question and I'll say something about that. Yeah? I was just going to ask, when you heard... When you realized that you're not that, it was not immediate, were there times before that that you had heard that? Yes. Okay. Yeah. If there's, if there's still the ingredient of time and a believing in time, then you can have an event and then not have it. You know, people forget. Yeah? They seemingly wake up and then they seem to forget. I don't want to invalidate that experience, but obviously what you are can never be forgotten, but here it can seem like it was forgotten because it, sem- it seemed like it was held, and it was, but it had time as a structure, which means... A firm grip now doesn't mean it will be a firm grip later. Time has a lot of meaning in it. So when life is, is, is held in time, time isn't just tick-tock. There's tons of meaning about it. Time is like options. Time is like, this could be something else. Yeah? When you were a kid, you know, when if I wasn't in an abusive situation when I was a kid, I was you know, lower middle class, and... When I, between two and four, really like my golden years, there was a, an immediacy to living because my head had an entertainment that I could be somewhere other than where I was. It really didn't entertain that. And it didn't judge my house with other people's houses. I mean, it was just where I lived. Yeah? And I didn't think I could have a better parent because they were my mother and dad. It was no big fucking... And I didn't care if I had gap clothes on or sunglasses on. I mean, I didn't care what I looked like because I wasn't concerned with what I looked like. You know, I just wanted to do whatever was happening. Yeah. So I hadn't. I was, and in that uh, milieu, there was like wonder and awe were frequent expressions. Yeah, wonder and awe. You felt a sense of immediacy. Emotions would come through, but quickly. Like you'd be crying, but a second later you'd be happy. One second the kid was your arch enemy, and then he was your best friend. You know, things were forgotten and made up quickly, but there was a stability and openness, yeah? There was, and there was no, it's not like when I was young, I was thinking, I've got to learn how to meditate. No. And I wasn't looking up, like, common ground to see new workshops I should take. There was none of that going on. I was just awake here for all practical purposes. Yeah? And then it seemed like I, my mind grew into another state, 
which I think is called self-centeredness. Yeah? And in that state, that has its own little milu and effects also, which is anxiety about how things are because they may not be that later. Because time starts becoming involved. And so even when there's peace, there's a possibility there may not be tomorrow. So how can you really enjoy something that you feel may not be here? Yeah? If you enjoy something that you really feel may not be here, it's more like an addict or ravenous. You want to grab it because you're afraid it's not going to be here. All these are mental states based on time. So people are awake inherently, but they may have a free sample of it, but because it's it's construed in time, it can wane, it can dissipate, it can seem to leave. And then the gnawingness of the mind, because it really had a taste of it. Like my idea of hell when I was young was you had an experience of knowing God and then that was taken away and you had no recourse of ever knowing it again. By having it and then its absence is much more suffering than if you never had it. So a lot of people have those moments where there's a real freedom, but when it's stretched out in time, it's a real producer of a huge amount of anxiety and suffering. (coughs) And it's also supporting my cottage industry. Me. (laughs) I can't let you go. I keep coming back. (laughs) My job is to become obsolete. I'm just giving an invitation. Yeah, well, let's say that the uh, the evidence of no time was predominant. So the ex- the evidence of no time wasn't thrown into time again. It, the evidence of no time overrode time. Yeah, yeah, it's a different. Because any state that you have in time, obviously, is precarious because it's time could affect it. You may lose it. I didn't wake up. There's no one woke up. And I haven't realized a damn thing, seriously. I didn't have any big event. None of that's happened. All it is has been like a bleeding through of a die onto this impressionistic thing. That's all. I have no idea what happens. I don't have any idea right now what's happening. All I do is come here, sit, and things occur. And then when I'm not doing this, I'm not thinking about it. So it was not a similar so event. Uh, it was uh, something that kind of uh, seeped through. All I think it's still seeping through. I think it's a verb. It's not a. It, nothing. It didn't end, <coughs> and then something began. It's never began and never ends. It's just wherever, whenever you've seemingly entered it, that wasn't the entrance point. It was always so. So I don't know what the fuck happened. <laughs> you know? And to tell you the truth, I have no interest in knowing. Really, I could care less. I could care less having any credentials if it's not translating into freedom. Who cares? The whole point is to travel lighter. When I'm when there's when the presence see in recovery what we do, a lot of people do, because we suffer from a mental disease called obsession with self. It's truly based on identification as self, but most people in recovery don't get to that yet. But they do get to the point of recognizing it's they're obsessed with the idea of being Paul or not being Jim, whatever it may be. But it's always about a person, yeah? 
not being that person or wanting this person, whatever. It's always about that. So that obsession with self produces an, uh, an atmosphere of, a ba- of basic, some basic mental states of dissatisfaction and unease and uncomfortableness in your skin. Always looking to get something, in a way. Yeah? Or being pissed about having to look to get something. Or fucking someone else who's found it. You know, like whatever. And one of the things they've learned to do is service in recovery. It's one of the main attributes of the recovery program from the disease, the mental disease of alcoholism, which is emphasized by obsessing itself. Yeah? It's incredible. So we do a thing called service, where you do some service, not to people you know, usually not to family, but you do service to, let's say, another meeting of recovering people. And when you do service, many, many times there's an experience. It's like a soup mix, yeah? If you put yourself in with those ingredients, something happens. And it's, many people would say this is sort of what happens. They get out of, they, they come out of the ass of self, yeah? And they, they're out here now, and they're bigger, they're available. They feel they've forgotten about themselves for a little while and they've been concerned with this newcomer or whatever, giving the, the food at the Thanksgiving event or a soup kitchen. And they, they forget themselves for a while. So they feel they're available. You know, They feel big and they're available. And it's the, it's the opposite of feeling unavailable, yeah? which is what they've been living in. So now they feel an experience of being available and they sense a, a presence which they call higher power or spirit. Yeah? So here they come from a state of being obsessed with themselves, up the ass of self. Yeah? Very contracted, very fearful, yeah, very resentful for being contracted and fearful. <laughs> and then they do some service, they feel available, and they sense a presence. Now, what happened with me is after seeing that many, many times, usually the mind goes back to the beginning point, which is identified as self, which causes the need to get out of self, because they think they're in it. That's what causes the need to get out of it, is your belief you're in it. And then they go, we do service again, and we get that sense of availability and presence. What happens, though, if when the presence is available, you recognize that as what you are? Well, let's say you recognize from that, yeah? Now, if you're the presence, which I am humbly suggesting we are, then you're available, Yeah? And therefore, you're of service. It's not about you agreeing to it or not. That's it. That's, that's the functioning of the apparatus at that point. You're, you're the presence. Yeah? You're available and you're of service. Now, you can look at it two ways. Constantly reinforcing the idea that you're in self, which is causing a really lousy atmospheric way of living, and then having to do something to get out of it, only to have to go back in it, then to do something to get out of it, back in it, do that. And it's a form of slavery. It's like shooting dope. You feel weird, you shoot dope, feels better, consequences occur, you shoot dope again, feels better. Same, same, really. Or, there can be a recognition, I'm the presence that's been revealed, and when that is entertained, its nature is, you don't think about it, its nature is it's available. That's, it just intimates immediately its availability because you're, you are available. It's not like, you're available, no, you are being available. It doesn't say anything, it's just that's what's happening. And then I found when someone's available, they're of service, no matter what they're doing. 
Yeah. They could be totally ignoring you, but the space that's in there is incredibly... I hate to use the word good, but it's uh, nourishing. very nourishing. And, it, and they don't have to have any idea, especially as the mind, if they're doing anything or not. So the idea of having to do something that you recognize as service, yeah, is blown out of the water, and then you recognize yourself as presence, which makes you of service all the time. This is two different ways of living here. Like, one's a quantum leap from another way of, I'm this, and i got to do and have to get better as this, or, you know... I don't, I don't really want... I want everything to get different, but just as I am, basically. That's what people are hoping for. They just want everything to get different, but just as I am now. You don't realize just as you are now is what you're not, and that's why it's the way it is. Everything begets from you. Nothing is outside real and, and affecting you. You're projecting everything. You're giving everything the meaning it has. And you're giving it the meaning that it's real and it can affect you. But that's a meaning given by mind. It's not real, and it doesn't have the power to affect you as you are. But your head gives it the meaning that it's real and has the power to affect you. And so you have to, cons- you, you have to suffer the consequences of your own mind's projections. And it wants to be right. It wants to be right that it's real out here, so that you can be real. So the suffering to its agenda is very helpful. You may be bitching about it, but your mind loves the suffering because it makes it relevant. It's real. You've got to be really important to suffer. <laughs> don't you? Animals don't think they're really important. They don't really suffer like us, but we think we're really important. We think we, don't, we shouldn't have got our foot caught in the trap. Animals, I don't think, ever have that thought. Hey, I shouldn't have got my foot caught in the trap. They just respond to their foots in the trap. We, no, I don't think I should be here, but you're fucking here. Like this lady called me, 20 minutes of talking, and it got distilled to one beautiful statement. I think, uh, something is happening to me that I think could be different. That's the perfect starting point of all selfing. You see life as something's happening to me that I think could be different. You're not doing anything to change it. You're still on the cross-country trip with that person you don't want to be with, but you're thinking why you don't want to be with them the whole time you're with them. It's insane, isn't it? It doesn't change one thing, but you think tons about it. It changes a lot, but not what you thought. So, I, I, I think I don't want to go with the trip with this person, but you're on the trip with the person. So every time you're engaged with them, the prior engagement is, I don't think I should be with them. But you are with them. You see how crazy it is? It's totally insane. So first, there's direction given to it. I think something's happening to me. That's immediately self-centeredness, yes? Everything is, is given direction. Now, I don't see it as happening. I see it as happening to me. That's how the interpretation is. So life isn't sensed as happening. It's happening to me. Everything gets turned into this self-fulfilling loop. Yeah? And what's happening to me, I think, could be different doesn't mean I do anything to change it, but I think a lot how it could be different while it's not different at all. Now, let's say you think something could be different, but it isn't different. And your thinking it could be different isn't causing it to be any different. Wouldn't you see that as suffering? Unbelievable suffering that you're in a situation you're not getting out of, but you think it could be different. <laughs> when you were a kid, you didn't have that thought thing. That's why you were having fun. 
My family, my mother put me out in the backyard with Wayne Griffith for two years with 13 army men. I played underneath an apple tree every day with the same person and never was bored. All day. Now, you can jump, bungee jump. Five minutes, you get off the thing, you got to jump again. It's like, you got to keep, it's like getting electric shock to feel like you're alive here. We're so fucking numbed out. We don't, man, wonder, jeez, what scares you the most? I bet you unconditional love. Not poverty or terminal illness. Someone loving you unconditionally. It's unbearable if you're sitting there, your popcorn maker of head is just, why you shouldn't be loved unconditionally. <laughs> why it's right to be, to withhold myself from life. I don't just, dis- so fucking crazy. I don't want to change the dream. I just want to realize I'm not the dreamt object. That changes the dream. Me trying to change the dream is the act of dreaming. That's the dreamt object acting as if it has some power here. Obviously it hasn't worked. No. So where was I going before? I have no idea. I lost that thread. It was really good, too. <laughs> Any questions? No? Then we'll take a little break after questions, and we'll do one more talk. Is that right? Or whatever? Yeah, I, I have a question. You've been talking a lot about thoughts today, but there are also, there, you, you began at describing the sense of anxiety, fear, and guilt that yeah. you carry right here. And and I think, you know, I, I don't know which, well, I guess the thoughts come first, but the thoughts are constantly reinforcing that, and I think that, that uh, I'm going to use first person, I... Uh, I'm looking for, I, I try to justify it, and so I try to find a story for the feelings that, that I do have, the sense of just the guilt and the just tension that, that is in the whole thing. So, um, and, you know, I mean, everything you say, I know. Maybe I'm one of those fucking people that's, you know, so fucked up because I know everything, and it just all makes so much sense to me. But getting to the point where it finally it clicks, and I, and, I, I do say to myself, I mean, I, I, I know that I'm not the body. I know that there's only one. I mean, I've had that experience before, that, that it's just one uh, that's that's coming through always at once. But what about coming up against that, that, that fear? Well, but again, well, who comes up against the fear? I know. Well, who does? <laughs> that's the, but I mean, isn't the fear part of the presentation of who it's... Is part, part of the fear is who it's coming up to. They're not separate. Like the fear isn't coming up to you. The, the you that something's coming up to is part of the whole event. Right. See, that's what happens. We keep thinking, taking a view that something's happening to us. That's just part of the happening. The mind is in a mental state, which there's a sense of being the subject that something un, undesirable is happening to. That's the whole event. A lot of times people talk about a process, but they exclude a lot of the process from the process. Like their solution to the process is part of the process. I mean, selfing isn't maybe a longer sentence than you think. It may, be, it may include some things that you believe are really authentic observations by a you. That's, it's, I would say it's, it's included in the sentence of selfing. So fear and you are synonymous in a way. Yeah? It's, it's, it's very visceral. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's, like, it's like getting your hand cut off. I mean, I think it's as real as that. Yeah. And so 
So, so if, if, if one realizes that we're not the body, those people could have their hands cut off and, and still not identify them. No, they probably would scream. Well, no, I, I yeah, but, but... Yeah, yeah. But something would identify, and you'd probably see that something, as long as it's held as not you. But the, I think the apparatus... I remember people had a big thing about Ramana Maharshi, I think. I heard an old story when some Westerners who were devotees of his saw him screaming in pain around the cancer. They thought, oh, he, could, he mustn't have been what he's, that what we were saying he was. I don't think he ever said he was that. He mustn't be that. Why, if he was that, he wouldn't have screamed. He never screamed. The body screams. Yes? You're not... You're not this. And this is a lot of this. <laughs> I mean, you know, the thoughts that sound like yours only are, seem, one of the hooks about them sounding like yours is they sound like your vocal cords. But they're not your vocal cords. That's again identifying as the body, yeah? They're just vocal cords that make a sound. And we call them, oh, that sounds like me. That's all identification. The body's probably going to scream, Yeah? Who's beholden to that? This isn't about being freed from the body. It's about realizing you were never a body. Yeah? You don't get freed from its effects. You realize you were never the one that was having those effects. The body's going to have effects here. Yeah? If the dream tiger attacks this dream body, there's going to be pain in the dream body. And there's going to be a witnessing of that pain. There's going to be an experience of that pain. Now, the suffering is different, but there's going to be an experience. I mean, when I was out there using, I took my body to be like a solid thing. I only had maybe a couple different feelings, like high, you know, after I got loaded, and not high, which was being pissed off that I wasn't loaded. And really, my body seemed to be pretty stable and everything, and I just called it me, and that was that, and it was all minding. Then, after these years of whatever's happening, I have millions of experiences. I don't have them all day. My body is never one solid state. It's constantly thousands of experiences going on. Like right now, tons of different things are happening in the body, and there's an awareness of that. Yeah? It's not like uh, blissfully ignorant. You're just wide awake. I don't know if the, you know, if... You know, I see the, in a way, I see the reason why mind wants to go numb and disassociate from the reality of presence. Because it's overwhelming to it. The system of selfing can't handle the amount of raw data coming through this functioning here. Just, I mean, it wants to think of a body as a solid, oh, this is me. And, you know, maybe I look different every day, but you never do. You look just like I saw you yesterday, you know, and then you're more concerned with your looks changing. But everyone, oh, there's Bill, and Bill's look pretty much the same, but you're going over every little, oh, I look so different today, you know, but Bill doesn't see you like that, but you'll mind like that, yeah? But can you imagine all this information being flooded in that makes no sense to its little system? What's it going to do? Shut down. It's going to want to distract itself. It wants to uh, go numb, disassociate. It's way too much. Yeah? There was a a purpose for it. You ever see that What the Bleep Do You Know, that movie years ago? They said there's like how much, there's like two million bits of raw data every second, and then the brain 
uh, funnels it down to 2,000 bits, which it selects to make up a story. So it presents what it calls life to itself to calm it down. <laughs> because it's in a it's giant hailstorm of functioning. Just energy everywhere. What the hell? It's probably, you know. Now, okay, let's just bring it down to this little thing and make a story of it. And then believe the story and get a sense of being secure in the knowing that I'm going to be miserable the rest of my life. It's better than being totally available to the uh, meaninglessness of it all. Don't you believe? If you're not comfortable, I'll tell you, this is like being parachuted every mi- into every moment, into the scene of every moment. It's just like, you're not, and then you parachute in. Like, oh, I'll talk. What the fuck? <laughs> it's just a constant parachuting. It's, just, it's not like you were ever consistently historically here. attention in their digestive system. Anything not to, to avoid this. Seriously. What people think they're missing is a mythical idea of something. I don't know. I'll tell you. you know, if you could return it, you probably would. Because, <laughs> but, you know, whatever. That's my view. Maybe people are really happy about it. But I, as a constructed head, I wouldn't want this at all. Fuck, you can't be special in it. There's no purpose. So time is seen to be totally bogus because time is the only way you cast something into having purpose. I'm working towards a goal. There's no goal. There's no working towards or away. There's just the immediacy of whatever. You know, and you know when someone dies, they're forgotten quickly. You're gonna you're exactly that. You're a phantom that is always bookended to end. How can your mind, identified as that, ever get comfortable? It's got a fear of that prone position in a box. Special no more. No snow, and, it's, and it's, it, it grieves for the... It, it just wanted one more try to be special. You know, let me, let me go around the uh, carousel and get... This time it's going to be a gold ring. Give me a... Come on, some more time, more years. There's an incessant drive to be special, to be unique. And yet life, obviously, is doesn't take anything of your opinions into consideration, does it? Yeah? Uh, it's sort of a version of the question that I um, asked earlier. Uh, realization that you're not a separate self, that you're not body-mind entity negotiating this world and all of that. Um, 
apparently, according to your answer, it, it kind of was uh, something that has been happening over a period of time. What, what my question is... No, it's been translating, translating into over a period of time. Okay. It never happened. Okay. This is just a translation in a weird little way of what's always so okay. into this place of appearances. That's all it is. My and it's taking is, time yet. Yeah, my question is that um, I believe that as firmly as I possibly can, I believe that I'm a fictitious character, that I'm an actual figure that's dreamt up in my own mind and that's sort of uh, relating to the world through this prism of self, separate center, that sort of sees everything as what's in it for me or how can I be safe or happy or whatever. So there is definite distortion, no question about it. And quite a bit of time I'm aware of that, and sometimes very, very clearly. But that invariably gets um, superseded with complete forgetting of it and complete engrossment in being uh, this dreamt-up character with relating to everything and everybody as a separate object. So is that just a process that one has to go through, and does it uh, gradually, uh, clarity gradually increases? or? It, well, there's no one going through any processes. Right, right, right. All you are are processes right, here. Right. You're a process within a process within a process of <laughs> verbing. There's no noun. Yeah, yeah. So whatever it's going, however it's going to appear, it's going to appear that way to a you. Is that it? No. But in the appearance of it as you here, it may translate over time. You may, like the Course in Miracles has a beautiful, I think, a beautiful way of calming beast, and it says, hey, we're all inherently awake, yeah, so that's the nature, just like we were saying before, every night, no matter how bad you were that day, if you can get to sleep, there'll be deep sleep, there's no gatekeeper at that point of deep sleep, that's what's so, no one gets refused, or like, put in the front of the line, if you get to go to sleep, yeah, you may have killed someone that day, you'll still enter deep sleep there'll be that rest because that's all there is in a sense. So, so here we are. We're the dreamer of this dream. Yeah? The mind is dreaming this. Yes? And we're, we're the act of dreaming. We're a verb. We've taken ourselves to be a noun. But this is being dreamt. Yeah? It's dreamt in a way. And what's going to happen is you're going to realize you're the dreamer of the dream and then you're going to dream yourself out of here. And as you dream yourself out of here, the dream will get happier. What a lovely, you know, <laughs> just put down the rock type message, yeah? I mean, really. And I have to admit, in my quote-unquote experience here as an action figure, that's been the case. Yeah, the dream just gets happier. Why rush out of the dream? You seem to have been dreaming it. Why do you want to get out of it <laughs> so fast? Because, first of all, you were never in it. That's the good news. Yeah. See, for me, I don't know. There's just no need to be liberated. That's the joy. I could care less. I don't want to study anything about the ocean. I mean, I like hearing it poetically, or maybe put into music. But I'm, an o I'm you know, why would it? <laughs> the only way I'd have a desire to know the ocean is if I was a wave and I didn't have any sense of the ocean. If I'm the ocean, who cares about the ocean? You're so busy being ocean, you don't care about it like a topic. Yeah? I don't care about spirituality means nothing to me anymore. Because it's just a topic. Spirit is the movement here. You care about current? 
Yeah, I don't even care about that that much. I care about what's left to eat, dessert-wise. <laughs> That's about all. I care about surfing as an action figure. I care about having a hernia. These are very basic concerns. I'm not concerning about, am I selfing or not? There is no self. You have never selfed. Selfing is happening in the mind. You're not the one who's doing it. You're not the cause of any selfing. You're the product of selfing. The way you're sensing it may be right now is the product of selfing. You're believing you're the cause of selfing, and that's the product of selfing. You believing you're the cause of everything. <laughs> it's so clearly pointed out in its own process. It's always it's making you the cause when you're just the product. Yeah, you're you're a fit, you're part of an expression, not the expressor. Yeah, you're a, you're an appearance on the picture. You're not the painter. <laughs> yeah, but we're always putting ourselves as the painter, as this. You know, you're not. That's the good news. And being not that, you cannot get out of being not that. Because what you are has never been in not that. So, being not that can never get out of being not that, because what you are is not that. Even though there's an appearance of being that, but not as you. You ever hear the Zen thing, first there is the mountain, then there is no mountain, then there is the mountain. So, first there is the mountain, the appearance is seen real. Then something may happen, shift. Ah, the appearance is not seen real. There is no mountain. Then, there is a mountain. It's only the appearance that wants to get relief from the appearance. The ocean has no opinion about, I shouldn't be appearing as a wave. It's very well aware, it's ocean. Let it appear as a wave. Yeah? It's only the wave that thinks it shouldn't be appearing as a wave. <laughs> that's, the, that's the sickness of waveness. Wanting not to be a wave. How can a wave that you're not... <laughs> Do you see the double fuck? Really? <laughs> what you're not doesn't want to be what it's not. Which is a wave. So, what you're not doesn't want to be what it is, which it's not. It doesn't even get you once, it gets you twice. That's oh, incredible. Yeah? Which, again, you know, it's like, what does it matter that you... It doesn't. Unless it matters to you. Some, see, how can something truly matter here? If this, today, if I'm not in a good shape, this could be a problem today, right? This glass, well. Next day I'm feeling pretty good, it's not a problem. The next day I'm feeling bad, it's a problem again. What is it? Is it a problem or not a problem? It's neither. It's, it's all, all it is is the meaning that my mind gives it. That's all it is. My reality is made up. What I call my reality here is made up. It's like shifting sands based on meanings. Whatever mental state is predominant, that's the, that's the, the store of meaning that is going to be displayed out here. Yes? Whatever mental state is dominant, whichever one is sort of running the show at that moment, that's what's going to give meaning to the show. Yeah. So I'm saying, what I found, the primary mental state or mental frame is self-centeredness. The identification as being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. All other mental states appear within that frame. 
Yes? So I believe, in a sense, that's the starting lens, and then there's, you can get other lenses, you know, like victimhood and this and that, but the starting lens of the distortion of light into this movie is self-centeredness. Now, maybe you're down on the consequential level of the 50th lens called being a victim. Yeah? Now, because you're at that level, there's a need, your houses are on fire, then there's a need for a pail of water. Yet, after you get the fire out and you have a little time on your hands, maybe, just maybe, see what the first aperture was. Because the 50th aperture is based on the first aperture. If the first aperture is self-centeredness, which only has a huge importance in your mind's life when you're identified as it, as the center, which is self, then that frame is the cause or the producer or the sustainer or the reinforcer of all the other mental states which comprise your experience here. All of your experiences are products of mental states that must be sooner or later brought back to the primary frame of self-centeredness. If I'm not that, then I get relief from all of the other frames. If I only work on one frame, I may get a little relief there, but the dominant frame will reassert the bondage or the suffering. So the solution I find in that one frame will be an addiction. I can't have a good day unless I meditate an hour before. What the fuck is that? The mind will use meditation as, oh, i got to rush home, I didn't do my meditation, and your interpretation of days, it's going to be a bad day because I didn't meditate. Did you ever say that when you were three years old? I missed meditation this morning, it's going to be a bad day. Of course not. say the body's thinking is thought is feeling. So when the body's little bit of conditioning reacts to stimuli, it's very rooted in brain also, but its thinking is feeling. It doesn't the body doesn't think but it feels. It's like another form of thinking. But the thinking is the hierarchy. Because this is a mental state we're experiencing, yes? The mind is actually most feelings are produced by mental experiences. You can have a feeling of discomfort now in this room and there's no inherent threat right now. You're reacting to what's not happening. So the mind is producing feelings by thoughts, yes? So they're very, very connected, but I would say feelings are the way the mind thinks in a way. But if you're detached from that and it's still affecting your experience, it's like, I can, I've walked into well, that's contradictory. You're detached, meaning detached what way? Mentally or detached from you're not realizing it's not you that's having the feeling? Realizing it's not you. And then... I, I mean, well, like, walk, like, okay, walking into a space and, and there's no thoughts and there's no... And tears will up. And... Um, is that... So there's something...
that's part of the experience, yeah. Right. So then it's just, okay, that, that's, that's what's happening. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Actually, a lot of times when, when sadness comes up, like, say, unprovoked in a sense, I think it's very rich, don't you? Yes. It's a very rich sense of something moving that wanted, you know, and it seemed to have a, a motivation to move. That it didn't, it didn't have the opportunity to do that, and when it has the opportunity, there's a real sense of gratitude and richness in my experience of it. I go, wow, it's like something feels safe enough to unload excess garbage, because mind and self-centeredness is not a good processor. So it's it's reacting and producing a lot of, let's say, mental and emotional pollution and debris. And it doesn't know what to do with it. So it's dumping it on others or making it secrets or regrets or whatever. It's trying to store it. And so you become like a storage unit to all of its like uh, faulty processing. And sometimes when you have those free moments, it, it takes advantage of it and some download, some upchucking in a way happens. Some real deep sadness gets relieved, but it's very rich. It feels great. Yeah. So you're getting unburdened. So something, just like, you know, with deep sleep at night, there's graces all the day. Because something recognizes when it's got a moment, and it's okay, you know, oh, it's a beautiful song I heard. Okay, let's, let's dump some of this so we can travel later. I think it actually has a drive to travel a little lighter. So when it gets a chance, it, it doesn't get many chances when this thing's sitting on top of it all day. Me, me, I, I, my, my. But when it gets removed, you know, when you least expect it, shit, it, it discards, right? It, it erases. It, it sort of uh, deletes. Yeah? And then you're all the better for it. You're traveling lighter. See, for me, my experience now is more of a, a paring down. It's very economical. I get stripped down. I don't have I don't have that much wisdom, but I tend to know what to do next. Yeah, I get downloads when they're appropriate. I don't get downloads for the sake of downloads. Yeah, like this talk. I just come here, and then something decides to play the one of the greatest challenges is here is how to describe the indescribable. So it's a very challenging event, but there's no. Um, it's not like. It's not like I go home and sleep in the uniform. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of different uniforms all day. And there's a lot of nakedness all day where there's no need. And But it's very economical. It's very about traveling lighter. Was there ever a time where there wasn't the, the, um, the, the automatic, like, however, the thoughts of the language? Because I'm finding for me it's like there's... What to express? I think I'm a, a, I'm a, a talkative Irish person. I got, the, I got the gift of gab. No, to me, I've always been thrust in this position since, as long as I, anytime I got involved in spirituality, I usually would share. Even when I was with this guru when I was younger, I was, a, I would do shares at events and stuff. But when the mind is usurping, that it is just like you're just coming and, and talking. No, not really. I think Saturday. Saturday was a bad day. One of the first times I ever had it. Yeah, sometimes what happens is there's new downloads occurring. I like to use the word download. I'm getting downloaded. I'm not, you know, but like the library is 
old books are getting discarded and new information, new manuscripts are being downloaded. And it's almost like a process here in time. And I can sense it. So stuff starts happening, coming through, and sometimes it takes a while to have it digested. It doesn't go immediately from here to, to language. Sometimes it has to be digested by whatever, and then it, trans, it translates later. So I'm in one of those stages, actually, the last few days, especially with the physical pain and everything. Um, my physicality is pushed to uh, a sense of unease all day, which tends to, uh, yeah, whatever, energetically things happen. So when that happens, the stuff gets taken in, and then it gets formulated in a way of presenting something to people. Because for some reason there's an urge to present uh, this as clearly as I can possibly be. I don't know. It's one of my only strong urges, really. Everything else, I tend to just whatever happens. But this is, you know, it's just the way it's built. But, yeah. But you're the judge. I don't know. I don't know. Well, when you were saying about playing in the backyard, um, I have a lot of memories from when I was very small. And I, and I was just thinking now, as you're talking, I don't think I ever did anything because I was only motivated by having fun and loving what I was doing. And it was so simple. And it felt really good. And uh, then I know little by little, motivated by a lot of other weird, weird stuff. But I can re- recall that same experience that was really freedom. Yeah, yeah. I think it's available. So we, all, so we all have a taste of it, you know. That's the whole point. I mean, to me, it's deeply in there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I sense, truly, if it's not addressed, it's going to be have a large influence from the shadows. Yeah? put up with anything less. Mm-hmm. You know, just to be um, yeah. Because basically it feels good to do what you what you love to do. It feels good. It just yeah. makes your whole body feel good. And, you're, and so, and that's as, as simple a test as one needs really. It's, it's sort of subtle, but yeah, but see, most of the mind moves from away from that because in the moment, with that simple sort of contact of, oh, yeah, this feels good, okay, there's not much room for thinking about it. No. The selfing wants to think because that's its act of being what it is. It's thinking, yeah? It can only appear to be what it is, which is a self, and that's through thought. And so it wants to think a lot all day. And so instead of living, its way of living is to think about living. Yeah? So I, to me, it got so, I was so sick and tired of it, you know, walking into a room, and you never, end, you never experience walking into a room. All you experience is thinking about, did anyone see me walking into the room? Is my zipper up? Are my pants too short? It's odd, nauseam, on and on and on and on. You can't even take a shit when you want to. It's just incredibly, everything has to be thought about. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's insane. And then you don't even know what you like or don't like. It's all, it's all disputed and debated up here. Yeah, and and then that that sense of elan vital, you know, that liveness is is lost in all of the uh, mental masturbation. But if that's what you're relying as, then that's what you're going to be dependent on. If you're taking yourself to be the center of that system, you are the product of that system. There's no there's no transcending as a product of the system out of the system. 
if you're identified as a self, you're the product, your life is producing the effects that a self-centeredness would produce here. You're actually a perfect uh, conveyor of it. Beautifully. Anxiety as a basic state, living in what's not happening, having no recourse to recognize what's happening, because everything is recognized as happening to me, which is not what's happening, you're just totally lost. And so the mind becomes totally uh, paramount. It just makes up a mental realm. And most of your interest and attention is up there because it's absorbed in the idea it's about me. And so the me becomes the center of the solar system, and then all it is is the mental realm of past and future, mostly about what's not happening. And what's not happening, produce, if entertained by the mind, can produce a physical effect here. That's not produced by any conscious contact other than the conscious contact with thought. You're not seeing it, hearing it, feeling it, tasting it, or touching it, but you're thinking about it, and it's producing an experience here. And then you're looking for a relief or a solution to what's not happening. Instead of getting to the basic solution is a recognition it's not happening. What more do you need to do with the problem of not ha- what's not happening is then to recognize it's not happening. That's all you need. That's it. There's nothing to do. It's not even a doing because it's not happening. If it was doing, you'd have to do that it's not happening. It's not happening. So it has no semblance of doing, so there's nothing you're doing, you're just entertaining, hey, it's not happening. Are you going to get therapy twice a week based on what's not happening? So now the solution to what's not happening becomes what's happening. I mean, now you're, you've, you've geometrically progressed into the mental realm. You're now in the reality of dealing with what's not happening in what's happening. Fucking unbelievable. So now what's happening is the cause of what you think is happening. So what you're doing or what's happening right now in your life is an effect of a causeless cause. It's not happening. Yet the effect of is I'm going to therapy concerning what's not happening. So a causeless cause is producing an effect. You talk about being in dream world and so on and so forth. Yes? The solution is, it's not happening. What occurs is a recognition immediately, no time, what is happening? Well, it's conscious onness. Maybe your head says, well, I don't like this. That's what's not happening again. Or it actually is happening, but it's not the dominant thing. It's, it's what's not happening in, in what's happening. What's always happening is the I. Yes? The I... The consciousness that's seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, noting thoughts. That's always happening. That's why we don't recognize it, because it's always happening. Just like you don't know gravity until you have an absence of gravity. You don't know its effects. Nobody went to a cafe today and heard people complaining about gravity. Gravity was really heavy on my shoulder today. No, not one person. Because it's a constant force on the physicality, so we don't know what's happening. Only by its absence would we know what's happening. Yeah? So we, the way we're built, we can't recognize what's always so. We only see things that arise and depart. Yeah? That's how we recognize things. We see appearances. We don't see what all appearances are happening in. 
We see appearances because you can't see what's happening, what where all appearances are happening, and because you are that, you are the seeing. You're not something that can see the seeing. You are the seeing. So we'll end there, and then we'll do one more. Should I hit save? Um, I don't know why it wants to put a time on everything. It always does. And mine does, too. Um, and then you can just go. Oh, it stopped already. Hmm? Yes, it stopped. I hope we, I hope it started. <laughs> I guess we'll find out. Didn't we hit start when you started? I don't know. Oh, whatever. It would have looked like that. Well, starting wasn't on, so it must have done it. Yeah, yeah because it wouldn't have come up like this. Yeah, yeah. so it must have Yeah, yeah. So now I'm going to pause it. Yeah. Ah, yeah. uh, Mars. Need some more water? Yes, need some more water. You know what else we can scavenge around?